0: Philip Mosley writes in his recent study of northeastern Pennsylvania, Industrial landscapes and their architecture have intrigued me from an early age. As a small child in Grimsby, England, once that nation's principal fishing port, I recall my awe on visits with my father to the town's vast docks and the factories stretching for miles up the broad estuary of the River Humber. Moreover, my paternal grandparents lived in the county of Yorkshire, in the city of Sheffield, the Pittsburgh of England. The image of its massive steel mills, dark, satanic, perhaps, per William Blake's famous line, but solid, vibrant, and active around the clock in those days, imprinted itself on my infant brain. Later, as an undergraduate at the university in Leeds, a short distance north of Sheffield, I was equally impressed by the looming structures of the Yorkshire coal mines. Following one journey by train between those two biggest cities in the county, the formations of the mining landscape moved me to pen some lines of adolescent verse. Further north we see slag heaps covered in snow like Spanish plateaus surmounted by whitewashed castles. Again, white lights on pit heaps unbending slag banks, rising behind square stone houses at precious field ends. Much later I grew interested in coal miners and their struggles while teaching in Glasgow, Scotland at the time of the British miners' strike in 1984-85, a stout resistance chiefly to widespread pit closures, one that the conservative government of Margaret Thatcher eventually crushed. During the strike, I became involved in the local miners' families support group, which raised money to buy food and household supplies for families on or near the breadline. On arriving in northeastern Pennsylvania in 1988 to take up an academic position, I grasped the opportunity to explore a rich seam, if you will, of regional history, I soon discovered that the area had once been the largest anthracite producer in the world and that the city of Scranton, to whose Penn State campus I had been appointed, had been one of its centers. My interest was all the greater for coal having been equally important to that part of western Scotland that I had left behind. It did not take me long to understand that anthracite coal had defined northeastern Pennsylvania economically, socially, and culturally. To a certain extent, its legacy still affects life in the area and influences how we choose to envisage a better future for the generations to come. If we accept the famous words of philosopher George Santayana, those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it, then we should feel obliged to preserve the history of the anthracite region by remembering not only the pride strength and loyalty of its people, but also the devastating human, economic, and environmental costs to it. Words from the preface to the recent study, Telling of the Anthracite, a Pennsylvania Post History by Philip Mosley, distinguished professor emeritus of English and Comparative Literature at Penn State University. In the book, Dr. Mosley salutes, in his words, The historians, artists, curators, guides, and droves of amateur enthusiasts who continue to do sterling and exciting work in keeping this history alive, presenting it to the public in authentic and attractive ways. Dr. Mosley's words there can serve as an ideal description of Anthracite Mining Heritage Month held each January in the region, presented by the Anthracite Heritage Foundation, with nearly 20 co-sponsors, including WVIA Public Media. The annual Monsignor John J. Curran Lecture on January 25th will feature Professor Brendan McSwain, from the University of Galway speaking about the Irish of northeastern Pennsylvania from 1820 through 1920. And to begin that program, the first Anthracite Heritage Book Award will be presented to Dr. Philip Mosley for telling of the anthracite. We had a chance to speak by phone with Dr. Robert Walensky, Professor Emeritus at the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point and esteemed anthracite historian and author, who is coordinator of Anthracite Mining Heritage Month, to learn more.
1: Once again, we have a strong response to Anthracite Mining Heritage Month, which started in 1999 on the anniversary of the Knox Mine Disaster, the 40th anniversary of the Knox Mine Disaster. January 22nd, which was the last major disaster in northeastern Pennsylvania that flooded the mines, mainly in the Wyoming Valley. And we did a few every year after that, a few, five, six, but then went up to seven, then 10. And now we're, we're over well over two dozen. And the interest is certainly strong. There seems to be, uh, I don't know, can we call it a need for this kind of um, historical analysis, appreciation? I know that one of my, one of my mentors on this subject Talked about a, an attitude of gratitude. I think there's a, there's a lot of gratitude for what our ancestors have done. You know, the area is very family conscious. It's very historically conscious. And so this, this month-long extravaganza of, of local history, not just on mining, it used to be Anthracite Month, Anthracite Mining Month, but now it's Anthracite Heritage Month so that we can broaden it beyond just mining to many other topics, including music. We have the annual Hootenanny there's a term from the 70s. The annual hootenanny from the Susquehanna Brewing Company, again, this year, so to highlight regional music, including folk music, including jazz and, and, and polkas and, and ethnic music. By the way, the Susquehanna Brewing Company musical program is on January 14th, between 4 and 6 p.m. There'll be food and drink available. And uh, we have Don Chappelle and the pickups, one group, Jimmy Wich and Doug Smith, another group, and then John Stanky, and the Pennsylvania Coal Miners. So we have three, three acts that afternoon. We're, we're way beyond Luzerne and Lackawanna County now. Of course, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton are the main venues for the programs, but we're in Hazel Township, Ashley, Plymouth, Pittston, Nanticoke, Bethlehem, Barnesville, Pottsville, and Anvil. So it's it's, uh, it's, it's up up the coal region, down the coal region, I'm happy to say. Oh, yeah, let me not forget Lansford. We're also in Lansford at the Number 9 Mine Tour and, and Museum. It's really an opportunity for people of, with all kinds of different interests, from technical interests. You know, the, the mining engineers have put together three programs this year, the, the Anthracite Mining Engineers chapter of the Mining Engineers Association. But arts and music and, and the social sciences, we... We have, for example, The Filmmakers. One of the highlights this year, Erica, sponsored by the Anthracite Heritage Museum and the Lackawanna Historical Society, is a program entitled Five Regional Documentary Filmmakers. A panel discussion. We have Bob Savakinas. He's done many documentaries, as you know, first-rate documentaries, including the Agnes documentary that a lot of people have seen recently. Dave Broca. Dave Heineman and John Welsh and Elena Mauger. They're, they're a team. Bob Savakinas is going to talk about Scranton's championship season, the movie. He has a documentary on that. He's going to talk about it. Dave Broca, The Knox Mind Disaster, He's going to talk about that in this session. Dave Heineman has a new one out called NEPA Doc. Dave's from Bloomsburg University, and then John Welsh and Elena Mauger have done the documentary on the Huber Breaker and what happened to the Huber Breaker in Ashley. So they're going to sit there and have half an hour each, just talk about their documentaries, 20 minutes each. That's going to be on January 11th at the Albright Memorial Library in Scranton. Mary Ann Savakinis from the Lackawanna Historical Society is going to be the moderator of that. And the, and the other really interesting part of this is that over the next several weeks, each of those documentarians are going to screen... A documentary at a different date and a different venue. For example, on January 22nd, the anniversary of the Knox Mine disaster, Dave Brock is going to screen his documentary on the disaster at King's College. And that's going to take place in the student union of the University Center. And your friend Lex Romain is going to be there. Lex narrated this documentary. And Lex is going to perform He's going to put on a 15, 20-minute show of his music, and then I'll be there.
0: And that's important, Bob, because you appear in the film as an expert. Yes. And
1: Bob Savakinus is going to show championship season. And John and, and Alana are going to show the Huber-Breaker film. That'll be at the Nanocoque Historical Society. That's where they showed it before. It had, a, it had a great turnout last time, maybe 150 people. We did it maybe three years ago. So each of those documentarians are going to show their documentaries after first having discussed them at this mutual forum. The Anthracite Mining Heritage Month is really a celebration of, of the region's history, multidimensionally. And we have so many important ones, it, it's hard to pick. You're going to leave some out. But one of the highlights is on January 25th, we have the King's College Anthracite Heritage Foundation program, the Curran Lecture, the annual Monsignor Curran Lecture. Monsignor Curran was known as the labor priest. He was the supporter of the mine workers from 1902 when he helped Teddy Roosevelt and John Mitchell settle the strike of 1902, the historic strike 1902, he's mentioned in Teddy Roosevelt's autobiography. So we, we have this for the last 11 years, the John J. Curran Lecture at King's. And we brought in uh, Brendan McSwain from the University of Galway in Ireland. He's going to speak on a really interesting topic. I'm really looking forward to this speech. The title is, From the Potato Patch to the Mine Patch. And the subtitle is, The Irish of Northeastern Pennsylvania between and 1820 in 1920. And that is all about the immigration, the potato famine of the 1840s, 50s, the, the violently anti-Irish reaction in the 1840s and 50s as they arrive with the Know Nothing, so-called Know Nothing Party. He's going to cover all that, all that in his presentation. So we're really delighted to have Brendan come to talk to us on January 25th, 7 o'clock, in the uh, Burke Auditorium of the Business School at King's College. And by the way, as part of that program... We're awarding the first Anthracite Heritage Foundation Book Award for a book on some issue related, some topic related to Northeastern PA history. And Philip Mosley, who is an emeritus professor at Penn State Scranton, wrote a book last year called The, The Telling of the Anthracite. It's about how we've been remembering our anthracite heritage. It's the first book on that subject. He goes to all the mine sites throughout the region. He interviews a lot of people, including me. He reads the books. He goes into the archives. And, you know, how are we telling this story? You know What perspective are we bringing to the story? So Phil's going to get the first annual award right before Brendan speaks, uh, January 25th at 7 o'clock. So I do want to certainly highlight that one. But again, it's, it's tough to pick out what should be highlighted and what should not be highlighted. I suppose I should also highlight the annual Knox Mine Disaster programs. Uh, January 21st, the annual memorial service at St. John's Church in Pittston, 9 9 a.m. The survivors' families are typically there for this annual memorial service mass. After the mass was over, we go up to the Beloga Funeral Home, and we have a, a, a commemoration at the state historical marker there. The state historical marker is right in front of the Beloga funeral home. And by the way, John Beloga, who runs that funeral home with his wife, John's grandfather perished in the Knox Mine disaster. So it's kind of got a bit more meaning for, for John. And then after this half-hour program where we say a few words and we, we see the names of the 12 victims on the marker. There's two markers there, one with names, one, one with just a who, what, when, and where. We go down to the river. We go down and we park and we walk to the disaster site. Along the river, it's about about a twenty-minute walk up the river from uh, Port Griffith toward Pittston, and we end uh, we end just short of just short of downtown Pittston, and uh, weather permitting, of course. And Bill Best and Bill Landmesser will lead that walk. I will be there, but but those guys are going to be in charge of it. And we do this every year, and there's there's typically thirty or forty people walking along the river going to the commemoration. So that's kind of the, one of the more solemn aspects of that tragedy. Again, the last major tragedy in this area. But the other Knox program is on January 20th, the previous Saturday, up at the Anthracite Museum in Scranton. We do this every year at the Anthracite Museum with Bodie Morin, who's the director. And we have a different program every year. Last year was a program with mine historians and preservationists from Wales. And uh, this year it's focused on legacies and prospects of Knox. And we have speakers like Tom Soupy. Tom Soupy directed the Lackawanna mine tour for 30 years, starting with his dad. They're both mine workers. Tom's going to talk about flushing the mines. You know, after the Anthracite ended, we, we had all kind of caving. So we did what's called flushing, which means drilling holes through the, through the surface, boreholes, and, and putting in a slurry of mine comb and water, pumping it down there and filling the mines to the roof with this slurry, which when it dries is as hard as a rock. So we saved a lot of homes from damaged buildings from damage through flushing. Tom's going to talk about that. Bob Hughes from EPCAM is going to talk about mine reclamation. Elizabeth Hughes from Earth Conservancy is going to talk about restoring the land, restoring the damaged anthracite land. Bill Best uh, is, going to, is going to talk about mine restoration, specifically the restoration of the mine in, in Nayod Park. You may have seen that the underground miners, as they call themselves, they're going to do two guided tours, by the way, on the 13th and 14th of January. Two guided tours of the Brooks Mine, the old Brooks Mine, which was never really an operational mine. It was just a tourist attraction in Nayog Park, but it was, it was shut down for, what, 30 years or so? They've, they've rebuilt this. So there's a dozen of these young guys led by Chris Murley and Reese Banks, dedicated guys in their, in their 30s and 20s who are really concerned about anthracite history. Bill Best is also one of them, and he's going to talk about restoring the mine. William Conalogue from Marywood is going to talk about the environmental implications of the anthracite industry. And Bodie Moran is going to talk about anthracite heritage. That program, January 20th from 2 to 4 at the Anthracite Museum, will have each of those speakers talking for only about 10 minutes. And uh, Don Chappelle and Don Sennett are going to, again, perform a little music for us. We're going to get these perspectives on on restoration, reclamation, and uh, environmental implications January 20th after Knox, up at the Anthracite Heritage Museum. So the Knox disaster does appear, again, our our, our founding purpose does appear in this program again, and, and Anthracite Mining does in a number of places, even though we have other programs besides mining.
0: Tell us how we can find out more.
1: Well, you can find out about all these programs at the website of the Anthracite Heritage Foundation. That's afdn.org. Afdn.org. You can also find it at the Anthracite Heritage Museum's website. That's anthraciteheritagemuseum.org. If anyone wants to contact me, I'd be happy to mail this, uh, this schedule of events to them. My email address is r. W O L E N S K, no Y, R W O L E N S K at gmail.com, and I would be very happy to send you a copy of the schedule of events.
0: Dr. Robert Wolensky, Professor Emeritus at the University of Wisconsin Stevens Point, and esteemed anthracite historian and author, coordinator of Anthracite Mining Heritage Month speaking about some of the highlights for January 2024. We have a website where you can find all of the listings, and that's the website of the Anthracite Heritage Foundation, ahfdn.org, ahfdn.org. It's Anthracite Mining Heritage Month, and it is underway and will continue to the very end of January 2024. For more information on the web, ahfdn.org. And don't forget, WVIA is one of the participants, and we have a dedicated page on our website, and that's wvia.org mining, wvia.org mining.